Well, good morning. How is everybody doing? Awesome. Good to hear. All right. Well, you guys ready for the Word of God today? All right. Well, I'm, I'm going to pray. I want to share a little bit with you, and then I want to give some good time just for seeking God together, because that's a really big thing we're wanting to emphasize in this season. Before we do that, though, I just want to highlight several things. Um, last week, it was great to have... Uh, Joel and Hannah Dumain with us. If you missed it, it was just amazing ministry time. You can go online and watch it. I did want to mention, though, if you didn't get a chance to sow an offering, we're able to bless them with just an amazing offering. Uh, But we wanted to just give this Sunday, if there's anybody else who wanted to sow into it, just do it online or do it at the debit and credit terminal. Just make sure you clarify it's for them so we can just be a massive blessing to them. But it was kind of funny because they leaned over, seeing our announcement reel, and they leaned over to Pastor Sharon and said, man, you guys have a lot going on. And we were kind of thinking, do we have that much going on? But, you know, we realized a lot of it's just restarts and things that are happening and there's a lot of new things going on. So I wanted to just emphasize several things pastorally just for us as a church family, some things we're excited about, some good things that are happening. First and foremost, School of the Spirit Level 1. This is growing and hearing the voice of God, learning how to, you know, just more about the prophetic, not spooky, weird prophetic, but practical, on the ground, you know, kind of really moving in prophetic. That is starting today. Everyone say today. And so it's starting today. It's going to actually start at 145 right in here. So we've got a bunch of people signed up, but we wanted to just put it out there in case there's anybody else that thought, you know, I'd love to be part of that. It's going to be a bit of a hybrid class. There's going to be some in person, and there's also going to be some online. And it's a six-week course. If you want more information, just track one of our team down after service. We can still get you plugged in and get you involved in that. We're really excited about Easter. And as you saw in the announcement reels, two weeks till Easter. Everyone say two weeks. Man, can you believe we're into April already? I mean, I just, I say this all the time now. It just feels like the year just flies by. So we're extra excited because this will be the first time the last two Easter's we've not been able to celebrate together. It's had to be online. So we're very excited about being back together. Good Friday is going to be 10 a.m. Resurrection Sunday, we're expanding to three experiences, and they're going to be very gospel-driven, just sharing the good news of Jesus. It's going to be an amazing service to bring somebody who's exploring faith or someone who doesn't yet know Jesus. And so it's just an opportunity I want to encourage you. We've gone to three services. I was kind of wrestling with it. But again, just kind of in the current day and age, we felt like just creating more space in each experience will make guests more comfortable. So it's going to be three services. We'd encourage you. I mean, you can go to more than one if you want to. But we're going to kind of do a little bit of a poll just to make sure our church family members are kind of spread out okay uh, throughout the experiences. But just invite somebody pray. Who can I invite? Who can I reach out to? Now, also during that week, Holy Week is the week that as Christians we celebrate leading up to Easter. We want to do uh, another week of consecration, a week of focusing on the Lord. So we're just going to be fasting that week. We're going to be praying. We're going to have evening prayer calls Monday to Thursday. And we've also developed some video devotionals to help us just connect every day with what's happening. So I'd really invite you. It's going to be an amazing way to lead into Easter. And so if you want to be part of it, go to the website, sign up, and you'll get on the mailing list. And then we'll send you all the information for that. So really, that's really cool. And then something else we're very excited about. This is kind of more, I mean, I won't say it's unspiritual, but it's not quite like a week of fasting and prayer. But we are partnering with Resilience Fitness starting in May to start the Toronto City Sports League. And so this is going to be Thursday nights. It's going to be at the Dome, and it's going to start with intramural soccer. So it is open to men and to women. And there is an opportunity, so you can go online, you can sign up, you can learn more. We're really excited about this is something new in a partnership with Resilience Fitness, just to start having sports and opportunities like that. It's going to be our church family, but it's also going to be people who are from the Resilience Fitness community, because they've got a whole community. So there's some real cool opportunities, just even meeting new people, connecting, sharing your faith with others in practical ways. I mean, just some real good opportunities. So that is going to be starting in May. But I will say this, registration is going up this week. We're not sure how much demand there's going to be. So if you wait too long, it's, uh, we have limits on how many people can actually fit into it. So we want to make sure you sign up for that. And last but not least, I wanted to share something with you guys. It's not something we're doing, but I believe it's something that God's doing in the GTA. And I, I, I really want us as a church, just for those it works with, to plug into it. But there's something called the river. And the river is a 
Well, I'll say this. It's a young adult service, but really there's people from all ages who go. It's being hosted by Canada Christian College. I actually, several people from our church, different people from our church have been going, but I had an opportunity to go this last Tuesday and it was powerful. There was about 700 people there and it was really great worship. It was a really great word. And, and it was really awesome because there's just something I always found is very special when you get different churches and people from different areas coming together. And so the one kind of little bit of downside for some of us is Canada Christian College is out in Whitby. But I met people there from Peterborough. I met people there from Brampton. It's amazing. And, and I'm not going to lie, that one point during the service, they asked all the married people to put their hands up and there weren't very many hands that went up. So my pastoral side, I'm thinking there's a lot of singles here. I need to get my singles here. They need to meet other godly singles here. So anyways, this is going on, runs on Tuesday nights at Canada Christian College. And I just wanted to encourage you, if you're looking for just an extra opportunity during the week to worship, you're, you, know, you have an opportunity to get out and do something, we're just going to start supporting the river as an opportunity just for being part of something bigger that God's doing in the body of Christ. Amen? And so we're going to have more information up this about it. They're doing, they don't run all year round. So they're doing two more weeks, this Tuesday and next Tuesday for Easter. They're then taking a five-week break. And then they're going to be starting their summer season, they call it, which is going to start near the end of May. But I really just wanted to encourage you. It was a real powerful night. I really felt God doing something there. There's something that's powerful that's happening. And so I'd encourage you, if you've got the bandwidth and you just feel in your heart like you'd like to check it out, I'm sure... Whatever age, whatever demographic, you will enjoy it. It's a night that's going to build you up in your faith. Amen? So anyways, let's jump into the Word of God, and let's pray, and uh, let's just take this before the Lord. Father, we come before you in Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you for this opportunity we have just to gather, to worship, to seek you, and to receive from you. And so, Lord, I pray, just even as I share the Word today, that you are going to minister to each one of us, God. Lord, this year we want to keep going deeper. And we want to, we, we, we know we, it's not just us in our own strength going deeper, but it's you doing your work in us. And so I thank you that even in this time, take us deeper in Jesus' name. Everyone agreed with me, said, amen. Awesome. Thanks, Mike. I'm going to pull you back in, in a little bit. So stay on call. All right, so it's first Sunday of the month. And as you guys know, we, we always do communion, which we've done. And then our habit has been for the last couple of years is to do what we've been calling Healing School Sunday. Now this year, we've, we've kind of been shifting that a little bit because we're really on the deeper theme. But I still particularly on the first Sundays of the month, I want to zero in in this area of healing, in the area of God moving in our lives, in the area of supernatural. But it's going to kind of mix a little differently today. And you'll, you'll understand as we read it. Um, our theme this month, we're starting a new theme, and this theme is entitled Deeper Love. So if you've been around and you've been tracking with us, this year God gave us a word for the year which is deeper. Everyone say deeper. And so God's given us this word for the year going deeper, and he wants to take us deeper, wants to move us deeper. And then every month we've been kind of going deeper in different areas, and we've been focusing on different things and moving forward in that. So this month, and especially even around the theme of Easter and around what's happening, we want to talk about deeper love. But for me, there's an element, as I shared with you a couple weeks ago, last month we were focusing on deeper healing. And, and I really got a strong sense. Pastor Sharon and I were talking about it, just some conversations with other people. I, I got this sense God's not done with us on the healing front yet. God's not done in our lives. And, and just even, we had a men's breakfast uh, just a couple Saturdays ago. And, and we got the opportunity to eat some great food. And then we got into small groups just in here. I was sitting right over there with a group that I was in. And, and people were just sharing their hearts. We had men. And it was really powerful because we were just sharing very openly about just what was going on. And, and I knew it, but hearing it from just some of my brothers in Christ, the level of pain that so many of us are carrying from this past season. The level of burden, the level of, of pain, the level of things that people have walked through. And it just furthered my resolve that, that we, we need to, yeah, God, you, you, you want to keep doing some work in us regarding healing. So you might be looking at me saying, so why are we doing deeper love then if God said keep going with healing? Because this, love and healing, the love of God and healing are very interconnected. So this month we are going to focus on deeper love. 
But I want to focus on the love of the Father and the power of God's love to bring healing in our hearts. Because we don't just want to say, yes, we need healing without understanding what are the things that we need to dive into to walk in that healing. But even this month, as we talk about deeper love, I mean, what a great theme to even be building Easter around when we're talking about the love of God. But I really want to encourage you today. I'm going to share some things with you. I'm going to share some verses. I'm going to share some stories. But I also want us to take some time to just ask the Father to pour a fresh impartation of his love into our lives. Because family, I want to encourage you today, this morning, I want to encourage those of you who are watching online, that the love of God is what brings healing. And there's so many of us today, you're listening to me, you know, we put ourselves together well, we, you know, we put on our, our church face, so to speak, I don't mean that badly, but you know, you get yourself together when you go out, you get yourself together when you're going to do stuff, and a lot of times you're just holding things together, but there's so many of us today, I, I've been realizing in my life, I, I've been realizing the need for, for just some fresh encounters with God. I've been realizing the need for healing in my heart in different areas, in ways I didn't even know it. In ways I didn't even understand until, you know, God sometimes starts to pull back the veil. He pulls back certain things. And I go, why am I responding this way? Why am I so angry about this right now? What's going on in my heart? And I started to realize, I said, man, Lord, I just, I need you to do some work in me. I need some heart surgery. And I have a sneaking suspicion that there's other people listening right now. I have a sneaking suspicion there's people online that you're maybe in a similar place to where I've been finding myself where we need a fresh touch from God, where we need some fresh healing. And I won't get you to raise your hand right now, but I know that God wants to do a work of deeper healing through his love. Come on, somebody say deeper healing. Come on, everybody say deeper love. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 3, 14 to 19. We'll just lay a bit of a foundation here. It says, For this reason, I bow my knees to the Father, from whom every family in heaven and earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant for you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, and that you being rooted and grounded in love. Everyone say, rooted. Everyone say grounded. Everybody say in love. I love this. That you being rooted and grounded in love may have the strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now obviously there's so much that we could extract from this passage but I just want to focus in on the love part right now deeper love it talks about being rooted and grounded in love I mean initially it starts by talking about us being strengthened by the power of the spirit in our inner being we're not called to do this on our own we're not called to live this life on our own we're not called to have to go through some of the things we have to go through on our own but God always wants to strengthen us in our inner man he wants to give us strength in the by the power of the Holy Spirit but it's interesting because it draws a connection here to being strengthened by the power of the Spirit inner being to Christ dwelling in our hearts through faith that we are being rooted and grounded in love and then it goes on to say, to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. What does that mean? What does it talk about? It says it surpasses knowledge. In other words, it's saying the love of Christ is so big, the love of Christ is so deep, the love of Christ is so powerful that it is even beyond our ability to understand. That there, there's an element of it that you experience it, and, and maybe you can't even put it into full words because there's just such a depth of revelation understanding of the love of Christ. God wants us to be rooted. We talk about going deeper. If we're going to go deeper, he's saying, I want your roots to go deeper into my love. I want you to, to know this love that I have for you. Um, one of the things, you know, it's funny, I start talking about, you know, well, one of the things I've come to understand in pastoring over the years, and I'm realizing, you know, kind of, I don't know how I feel about it some days. Well, usually most days I feel good, but I can, I, I'm coming up to where I can say I've been pastoring for 25 years. And uh, no, I didn't start a church when I was 15. I'm a li little older than that, but some of these people are, 25 years, but no, I, I did get started young. 
Over these 25 years, one of the most important things that I have come to understand is the importance of having an ongoing and deep revelation of the love of God in our lives. The importance of our roots going deep into the love of God. In this revelation of the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. Notice it said here in verse 19, know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with the fullness of God. In other words, the deeper I go in the love of God, the more that I experience the fullness of God. The deeper I go, the deeper my roots go down into his love, the, the more I walk in fullness, the more I walk in comprehending, you know, just what is the breadth and height and depth and width. And, and you know, then you start going throughout, especially the New Testament, and you, this love thing just keeps popping up over and over and over again. And I've come to understand the importance of this revelation of the love of the Father in our lives. You know, even if we look at the Trinity, right, the doctrine of God and who he is, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And as so many believers, we, we, it's explained to us, we understand a revelation of God the Son of Jesus as our Lord and Savior. And we walk in that. And then many of us understand a revelation of God the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, and, and we experience as a church, we talk about the baptism of the Spirit, we talk about being filled with the Spirit and living in the Spirit. And obviously, none of us are perfect at it, but it's something we understand. But what I came to understand for many people, and even in my life, was I had some revelation of Jesus, and I was growing in it. You know, the, my Lord and my Savior, I had some revelation of the Holy Spirit. But, but there was also, the Trinity is three. And there was also this element that God wanted me to know him as father. And not did he want me to know him as father, but he wanted me to know him as father, which was like Jesus, uh, well, I'm gonna jump ahead of myself, but he wants me to know him as a father who loves me and who is pleased with me. And as simple as that sounds, I started to see the pathway in my life. I started to see it in ministry to other people and in pastoring. But there was this revelation. It didn't always happen the same way for every person and in every circumstance. Some people had like this moment where it really hit home with them. Others, it kind of just grew over time. But there was this revelation that God wanted us to have where we know him as father. Not just as a theology, but actually something that is experienced in our lives as a father who loves us. And that we encounter the love of God. And then I began to understand and go back to verses like here in Ephesians where I understood that when I get this understanding of love, it's like a root system that goes deep and it's always something. There's never, it's never like I've never arrived. Roots can keep going deeper. Roots can keep growing. But God wanted us, God wanted me to walk in a revelation of his love. Come on, somebody say deeper love. And so I've seen this over and over and over again through the years that when people would have this encounter or this revelation with the love of God, it would change them. And, and, and it almost, I know, some of you listening, it almost sounds too simple. It's like, well, yeah, I know that. No, but it was, it was that love that goes beyond knowledge, not just a theological understanding, because I think most of us in here would have the theological understanding, God loves me. But when you have this revelation, and you know that God loves me, and God loves me even in spite of my past, and God loves me even in spite of the mistakes I've made, and God loves me even in spite of my frailties, and God loves me, and even if some people around me in my life have rejected me and didn't love me because God loves me, that's more powerful than any rejection I could face. And there's this revelation of love that hits us. And one of the things that happens, and I've seen it with people over, when this revelation of love really hits in their life, it brings incredible healing and, and and it brings this healing that sometimes people strive for years to find in so many things and I'm not even against different things that we do to grow ourselves and to love ourselves but you know the best way to love yourself is to encounter how much God loves you it's this love of the father John three sixteen, for God so loved the world 
that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but will have eternal life. Now, if there's any verse, I say this to you guys a lot. When you hear familiar verse, really discipline yourself to not go, yeah, yeah, I know that verse. But receive the fresh life from that word. It's like, uh, my mom's a great cook. And one of her favorite dishes that she makes, she makes this chicken broccoli casserole. Now, I know some of you already, I lost you when I said chicken and broccoli, but this is good. It's good. It's creamy. It is such a wonderful... Now, when she makes chicken broccoli casserole, right? We go over because my parents love, they do like family. My, actually, my sister just had a baby like two days ago. So they're up to number five. So you got seven kids, what's second? Six kids, six kids, tons of grandkids, other people. My parents just inviting because you're my parents. So the house can get kind of wild. It gets kind of wild. It's a lot of fun. It gets really noisy. But we, you know, we'll get over these family gatherings. My mom will pull out her chicken broccoli casserole. I don't look at that and go, oh yeah, I've eaten that before. Right? I go, oh yeah, I've eaten that before. I'm looking forward to this. Right? That's the way you've got to approach the word of God. Don't, don't ever become familiar with the scriptures. But isn't it interesting that probably, and I don't think this is just Billy Graham's fault, but probably the most well-known verse is talking about that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. If there's any verse that people know, and I don't think that's by accident, I think because his love for us, his love for the world is, is the most powerful thing. But again, do we know this love? Not just about it. Not just as a theological construct, but do we actually know it personally in our lives? Because that's so much of the journey of the Christian faith is it's going deeper in understanding God's revelation for us. I heard someone say it this way. They said, the longest journey you ever have to make as a believer travels about 18 inches. From here to here. It's not talking about our physical heart, but it's this picture of where we really get it. it. It's the power of revelation of the Spirit in our lives. And the Holy Spirit wants us to have this revelation of the love of God. But watch this. When you get this revelation of the love of God, it brings healing. Now, why, why am I saying all this? And why am I tying this together? Because I feel like a lot of us, a lot of people in our world right now, because of even what we've walked through, what's going on, for some of us, what we're going through right now, there is a need for healing. God did not call you to just limp through life and barely scrape into heaven an emotional wreck. That's not what he called. Now, is that the reality that some of us work through sometimes? Definitely. Let's have real talks right now. But there's this place that he's calling us to, but it's not just going to be something in our mind or something, but it's literally there's an encounter with his love that brings healing, that brings transformation, that literally turns us around. I love this. Matthew 3, 13 to 17 says this. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to John to baptize by him. And John would have prevented him saying, I need to be baptized by you and you come to me. But Jesus answered him and said, let this be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fill all righteousness. And then he consented. And when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened over him, and the Spirit of God, descending like a dove, came to rest on him. Behold, a voice from heaven said, this is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. Now, I don't know if you've ever thought about that. This is a pretty, this is an account I'm sure most of us are familiar with. But why did God say, this is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased? I mean, that wouldn't have been the first thing on my mind when Jesus is being introduced to the world. Right? I mean, if you're going to have, like, we're going to broadcast who he is, I don't know, I probably thought this is the Christ, the son of the living God. Right? This is, this is my son who's coming to take away your sins. This is my son who's coming to save the world. Right? Like, there's so many things that he could have said, and yet the father said, this is my son. And I love one translation that says this, I love him, and he brings me great joy. You know what I came to understand with this? And it's also interesting, I don't have a reference for you right now, but if you go to the mountain transfiguration, where Jesus went up with his three disciples, and Elijah and Moses appeared, and it said a voice spoke from heaven, and what did God say? This is my beloved son, in whom I'm well uh, whom I love and in whom I'm well pleased. Same thing. Now part of me is thinking, okay, Lord, we got that the first time. He's about to go to the cross. And yet what the father affirmed over him again is this is my son. I love him. He brings me great joy. 
So at the start of his ministry, we hear that father speaking that over him. And right at the end, when he's about to finish his work, the father says the same thing. Here's what I came to understand. There is something about not just hearing me say it, but there's something about whatever way it comes, because revelation can come in so many different ways, but there's something about hearing the Father say over you, I love you, and you bring me great joy. And encountering his love, that changes everything. And family, my prayer for us, even in this month, my prayer for us in this season is for us to have fresh encounters with the love of the Father. Because it will change whatever needs to be changed. It will heal whatever needs to be healed. It will transform whatever needs to be transformed. I know maybe some of you are sitting and listening to me and you just feel so far from that and you feel so hurt and you feel so broken and you feel so wounded, but I want to encourage you in the midst of where you are, kind of like Peter, when he felt like he was sinking in the water, he reached out and he said, Jesus, save me. And you know what Jesus did? Jesus grabbed him and he pulled him up. But it's reaching out and recognizing if we're talking about healing, we need to talk about the love of the Father. Yo, it's interesting. What I, what I started to notice when I, I started to listen in people's testimonies. I started to look in, in stories where people talk about how their journeys with God. And, and this love started popping up left, right, and center. I, how many of you heard of Charles Finney? Charles Finney, maybe you have some of you haven't. Charles Finney was an incredible evangelist in the 1800s who literally, especially kind of upstate New York, I mean, just saw massive, massive miracles. He led a revival in Rochester where they believe about a million people got saved over, over a, like a two-year period. I mean, just incredible salvations. Incredible. He's an original lawyer. He didn't even train to be a pastor or preacher. He's a lawyer. But let me, let me talk. I just want to read to you his account of when he really gave his life fully to God. And he said there was, so what had happened, I'm, we're gonna pick up the story where he really was becoming increasingly convicted about his sinfulness and about his need for a savior. And so one day he, he couldn't even work. He shut down the law office. He went out into the woods and he went out to pray and he realized he was out there praying in the woods because he was embarrassed for anyone to see him praying. So he felt even worse because he's like, I've had. but then we pick up the story. He came back into his office and it was in the evening. He said, and there was no fire and no light in the room. Nevertheless, it appeared to me as if it was perfectly light. And as I went and shut the door after me, it seemed as if I met the Lord Jesus Christ face to face. It did not occur to me then, nor did it for some time afterwards, that this was wholly a mental state. On the contrary, it seemed to me that I saw him as I'd see any other man. He said nothing, but looked at me in such a manner as to break me right down at his feet. I fell down at his feet and poured out my soul to him, and I wept aloud like a child and made such confessions as I could with choked utterance. It seemed to me that I bathed his feet with my tears, and yet I had no distinct impression that I touched him that I recollect. As I turned and was about to take a seat by the fire, I received a mighty baptism of the Holy Ghost. Without any expectation of it, without ever having the thought in my mind that there was such a thing for me, without any recollection that I ever heard the thing mentioned by any person in the world, the Holy Spirit descended on me in a manner that seemed to go through me, body and soul. I could feel the impression like a wave of electricity going through me. It seemed to come in waves and waves of liquid love. So watch this, waves and waves of liquid love. For I could not express it any other way. It seemed like the very breath of God. I can recollect distinctly that it seemed to fan me like immense wings. No words can express the wonderful love that was shed abroad in my heart. I wept aloud with joy and love. I did not know what I should say. I literally bellowed out of the un unutterable gushings of my heart. These waves came over me and over me and over me, one after the other, until I recollect I cried out, I shall die if these waves continue to pass over me, I said. Lord, I cannot bear this anymore, yet I had no fear of death. How long I continued in this state with this baptism continued to roll over me, go through me, I do not know. But I know that it was late in the evening when a member of my choir came to the office to see me. He found me in this state of loud weeping and said, Mr. Finney, what ails you? I could not answer him for some time. Then he said, are you in pain? I gathered myself as best I could and I replied, no, but I'm so happy that I cannot live. Obviously, the English on this is a little older. But he had this encounter with the love of God. And it transformed him. 
It actually launched him into this ministry that God had, but it started with the love of God. And I promise you, he walked out of that love of God for people. And he wasn't perfect, and his life wasn't perfect after that, but there was this foundation of love. Now, it may not look like it looked like for Charles Finney, but God wants you to know his love. And when we truly encounter his love, it brings healing up. I'll share with you another account. I don't know if any of you have seen Sheep Among Wolves. Probably not as many of you. It's on YouTube. It's a real powerful film about the underground church in Iran and what God's doing in Iran right now. And it's incredible. There's uh, hundreds of thousands, like I don't even know the numbers, but people are coming to Jesus left, right, and center. There's house churches springing up all over. Obviously, it's not legal. So many of them, and, and many of them are led by women who just have encountered God. I mean, it's just an incredible move of God that he's doing. So I'd encourage you, it's, it's, it's on YouTube, it's free. It's called Sheep Among Wolves. But there was one of the believers who obviously can't share her identity or her name, but she talked about her account of the love of God. She shared a story of how she was abused over and over by her father as a young girl. And she grew to this point where she just had this hatred for men. And she just had this situation. Her mother was an atheist and her mother taught her that there was no God. And so she reached the point where she had come into this deep depression. She shared that she took 12 pills a day just to try and keep herself stable. And she said for two years she didn't feel anything. She tried to kill herself five times. You can watch this on the film. She shares it. Um, I was going to think of grabbing the clip, but we always run into trouble with YouTube when we grab clips from other things and they flag our videos online, so you just can go watch it. But she said she tried to kill herself taking pills five times, and she could never, it just would never work. So finally, she decided to hang herself. And she said she got herself up, she got the rope, she stood up on a chair, and just before she went ahead, she said to God, she said, if you are real, if you actually exist, I want to touch you. And then she jumped off the chair. And she tells her story. She said, everything just went black. But she was still conscious, so she didn't understand what was happening. And then she saw Jesus. Remember, she's not coming from a Christian background. This is in Iran. She said she saw Jesus, and she said she was sitting on his shoulders like a child sits on her father's shoulders. And this is something she always had wanted to do with her dad. She'd always wanted that love from her father. But obviously she had gotten abuse. And she was there on Jesus' shoulders. And she said, please don't put me down. And she said, Jesus said to her, I will always protect you. I won't let a rock strike your foot. And then he repeated Psalm 91 to her. Now up to this point, she didn't have a Bible. She didn't know what Psalm 91 was. And then he said, he put her down on her bed. She came to, the noose was on the floor, and her neck was all black, but she was alive. She wanted to share that she cried for two hours. She hadn't have felt anything for two years. She just cried for two hours. And she said she immediately stopped taking her pills because she didn't need them more, and she began to sleep well throughout the night. And now she's serving Jesus and, 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 and living for him. I don't know about you. I, I remember the first time I got that, I got, the room got a little dusty. I, got, I got, got a few chills, but just, I mean, this is our Savior, guys. But he doesn't just love Charles Finney that much. He doesn't just love our sister in Christ who's in the underground church in Iran that much. He loves you and me. And I, I could go on and on and on. I could tell you story after story of, of guys, because I, I started to look for it. And oftentimes people share this and, you know, and, and we miss it because we just, we don't, yeah, you had an encounter with love. No, that's, that's, that's the foundation. That's the rooting. That's the grounding. That's what brings the healing and transformation. Uh, how many people have heard of Derek Prince? May have. Derek Prince was an incredible scholar and Bible teacher. 
Uh, he, he lived up, I think, into the 90s, but he, he was just an incredible mind, an incredible uh, you know, thinker in the kingdom. And here's what he said. He said, my understanding of God was revolutionized by a personal experience in 1996. And this is when he was quite a bit older. But he said, Ruth and I had been sitting up in bed one morning praying together as we normally do, and I became aware of a powerful force at work in my feet and my lower legs. It moved up until my whole body was forcibly shaken by it. Ruth told me later the skin on my face changed to a deep red, but at the same time, I was aware of an arm stretched out towards my head seeking to press down something like a black skull cap on me. For a few moments, there was a conflict between these two forces, and the power at work in my body prevailed, and the arm with the skull cap was forcibly taken away, and it vanished. And immediately, without any mental process or reason, I knew I could now call God my father. I'd used the phrase, our father, for more than 50 years. Doctrinally, I was clear about this truth. I'd even preached a series of three messages on knowing God as father. But what I received at that moment was a direct personal revelation. Let me share with you my interpretation of this experience. I was born in India and spent the first five years of my life there. 20 years later, after I got saved and baptized in the Holy Spirit, I became aware of a dark shadow that always hung over me. I understood that it was a spirit that followed me through my life seeking to oppress me. There was no was one particular way this God or this spirit oppressed me. Every morning I would awake with a dark foreboding that something evil was await, awaiting me. It was never anything precise, just some amorphous darkness. This unknown evil never actually happened, but every day the foreboding was there. After I was baptized in the Holy Spirit, the foreboding diminished in intensity, but never disappeared. I did, however, discover that if I set my mind to praise and worship, the foreboding would lift from me, yet it always came back the next morning. The day after that black skull cap was pulled away from, the, from me, the foreboding vanished and it never returned. And from that morning, it became completely natural for me to now address God as my father, and I have a personal relationship, not just a theological position. You hear that? I had a th personal relationship. Now, this is one of the Bible teachers beyond all of us. And he probably was in his, like, this was after, like, he talked about 50 years after being saved. It's a good question that I ask myself. Do I have a theological position or a personal relationship? Now, I'm not down on theological positions. You can't get personal relationship without first having good theological positions. Like, you have to believe it. But it challenged me. How many areas of my life do I have a theological position but not an actual encounter or experience with God? Um, ever since, uh, I'm now enjoying this new relationship for about two years. This is when he wrote this. Ever since I've been saved, I believe that I've continued to be faithful to the Lord. I would go to heaven when I die. But I never really thought of heaven as my home. After that arm with the black skull cap was taken away, however, it now became natural to view heaven as my home. Shortly afterwards, I said to Ruth, when I die, if you want to give me a tombstone, you can just write on it two words, gone home. Now, in his account there, he didn't necessarily reference his love, but he referenced this revelation of Father, which I promise you was accompanied very much with understanding, like this peace, this, this love. Mike wants to come back and join me. Um, I share with you one more story that hits a little closer to home. I'm sure some of you listening, maybe, maybe you've never been able to articulate, but the light switch is clicking on you. going, oh, I had that. Or I've walked in that experience. Uh, but I want, to, I want to tell you a story about my dad. Because uh, he was one of the ones who really in my life helped me kind of grow in this understanding of the love of the Father. And my dad doesn't mind me sharing this story. He shared it multiple times. But when he was 12 years old, life was really hard for him. His dad, by birth, they were here in Toronto, but his dad was just a very troubled man. And his mom actually had to take my dad and his older brother and sister, and she basically had to flee to Vancouver. Because in those days, in the 50s and 60s, you couldn't, like the father could always take the children. So she literally fled. And and sadly, my, my, uh, my grandpa, my dad's dad, ultimately took his own life. So it was very disturbed. So my dad faced a lot of challenges. By the time he was 12 years old, he was just in a lot of pain in his life. You say he used to come home from school. He was very, very overweight, just 
not happy in life, not doing well. And he, he'd come home from school every day and he said, you always remember this, he'd go downstairs to his bedroom and they had a, one of those ceilings with holes in it. I can't remember, like, you know, kind of the holes and towels. He used to count the holes in the ceiling. And that was his life. And they'd go to sleep and get up the next day. And he finally reached the point where he decided, I'm going to end it all. I mean, you imagine being 12 years old and just thinking, I'm going to end all. Life isn't worth living. And he came to the decision, decided, I just don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to live anymore. I'm done. And he said, I, I always remember him telling me this. He said, he was looked up and he was kind of thinking, okay, I'm going to kill myself. But he decided to talk to God. Now, he'd never been to church, maybe once or twice. He didn't have a Christian background. But he said, God, if you're real, he said, make me skinny and give me friends and I'll do whatever you want. Just 12-year-old boy. If you know my dad, you can probably hear him saying that. And he said this presence came into the room. He didn't know what to call it. He didn't know what it was. All he knew was he felt this love and he just started to cry. And he said he cried probably for a couple hours. And when he went to sleep, something felt different. He said he woke up the next day. And after school, he went to the library. He got some books on healthy eating. He went to his mom and he said, Mom, I want to I change how I'm eating. So I looked at this and if you can give me this for breakfast and I'll eat this for lunch. And because and, 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 something had changed. And, and, and he, he kind of went on this journey over the next several months. And, and that day after school, uh, uh, he said a, a boy invited him over to his house. And he said he went over to his house and he was so excited because he didn't have any friends. No one talked to him, he nothing. But he was also really worried he was going to mess it up. So he said he didn't say anything the entire time. Because he feared if I don't say anything, I can't screw this up. And he said, and it worked out perfectly because the other boy liked to talk a lot. So he said the other boy just talked and he just listened. But he made his first friend. And one of the interestingly enough, my, he said throughout his teenage years, he still never had gone to church, still never, but there was this presence that was with him. And at just times, he'd know, let, let me get out of this situation. No, just, there was this thing. And then ultimately, in his early 20s, he and my mom had ultimately got married. We're, we're getting ready to get divorced. Found out they were pregnant with me, so decided they probably should work on this. Uh, and very quickly after that, sat down with someone who shared them the gospel. And one night after the other, they received Jesus. But if you ask my dad, he always says, no, that's when I just came to understand the one I'd met when I was 12 years old in my room. Now guys, I, we're going to bring this to a close, but we've talked a little bit about Charles Finney. We've talked about the sister in Christ from Iran. We've talked about Derek Prince's story, and I've talked a little bit about my dad's story. These are just four different accounts. There's so many others. But today I'm not as concerned about everybody else's my prayer is for you to have a fresh encounter with the love of God. Maybe some of have been sharing has rang a bell for you where you've gone, yeah, I experienced that. Oh, that, that happened to me, but it happened in this way. I could tell you my story a couple times in my life where I just had these encounters with the love of God that literally changed me. But again, I, I, I want to bring this home. I want to share some different examples to stir your faith, but I want to stir your faith that this would be a season of fresh encounter for you. Go on, if God will meet a, a lawyer named Charles Finney in, in, his, in his office, if God will meet a sister in Christ who 
He doesn't even know who Jesus was, didn't know anything, but he'd meet her there. If he'd meet Derek Prince, and because sometimes we think, man, well, I'm just, I don't know if someone who's been teaching the Bible for years, if he'd meet a 12-year-old boy who's ready to take his, I promise you, if your heart is hungry and open to it, you just open yourself, say, God, and you're not trying to put him in a box. You're not trying to say, but God, I want to encounter your love. I want to experience your love. I need a fresh encounter in this season. Maybe I feel dry. Maybe I feel weary. Maybe I feel angry. Maybe I feel hurt. Maybe I just feel nothing. I just feel like I can't feel anymore. Whatever it is, I want to encourage you today that there is healing in the love of the Father, that there's healing in the love of God. And He's not looking for someone who has it all together, someone who does all their devotions every day and is a perfect Christian. He's looking for a heart that just says, God, help me to see your love in a fresh way. God's Speak to me in a fresh way. God, I need you today. And it can happen in a service. It can happen. I mean, for me, it happened on a rock at a kid's camp just reading a Bible verse. And I read a verse about the love of God. And interesting enough, the way the journey goes, I I read this verse about God's love and I saw this picture of my dad who would come to every single soccer game that I had even though I was terrible. And it suddenly clicked on me. He didn't come because I was good. He came because he's my dad and he loves me. And I made this jump. That's how God feels about me. I was probably 11 or 12 years old myself at the time. And I just started to cry. I didn't even know why I was crying. I'm like, why am I crying? But I just felt this love in my heart. But I knew God loved me not because of what I did. But God loved me because he just loved me. And I want to encourage you today. That's the way God feels about you. He's not angry at you. He's not mad at you. He's not disappointed in you. He hasn't given up on you. Yeah, maybe there's some things. He said, well, let's talk about that. Yeah, let's work on this a little bit. But he loves you. You're his son. You're his daughter. Even today, if you are far away from him, he has never stopped loving you. He will never stop loving you. And he actually says, I want you to experience and encounter my love. It will transform your life. So I want to invite you just to join with me right now. Let's bow our head and close our eyes. And we're going to do this. Now, here's one of the things about revelation. It doesn't come in our way, in our box, and in our time schedule. It comes as we seek God. And what I love about God is he does it different for every single person. So sometimes you hear a story and you think, well, does it have to look like that? No, it's about seeking God. And, it, 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 and, and he has a unique journey for every single one of us. And so what I'm going to do today, I'm going to close in this. I'm going to pray for a revelation of the love of the Father. And here's what I want to encourage you. If you, if you want to hang out for a little bit, we're going we're gonna to have some prayer, some leaders here to pray for people. Uh, you can do that. If you want to just sit in your seat and just sit before God, you can do that. If you got to go today and, you know, you got a couple errands to run, obviously you got to go grab your kids if they're in kids' churches. It, God's not limited by those things. If you ask, you will receive. If you seek, you will find. If you knock, the door will be opened. We don't say to God, this is how it needs to work. We just say, God, I'm seeking you. And we wait and see what he does. But if your heart today is to join me in saying, I need a fresh revelation of the love of the Father. I want a fresh revelation of the Father. And I say join me because I'm praying that prayer today. I need a fresh revelation of the love of the Father. I need that transforming power fresh in my life. It's fresh baptisms, you know, of the Holy Spirit. There's so much of this that's interconnected. And so if your heart is with me and say, I need, I want, I desire a fresh revelation of the Father, I want you just to raise your hands where you are right now. Just hold them out like you're receiving something. I'm going to pray over you. And again, we're going to have some ministry time, but it might be now. It might be tonight. It could be this week. It could be sometime this month. You just keep seeking and you keep your heart open and watch what God does. So Father... We come before you today with a simple request. A lot of us are tired. A lot of us are hurt. 
Some of us are angry. Some of us feel like we're at the end of our rope. I mean, we don't need to explain it all to you. You know us better than we know ourselves. But we also know that there's power in your love. And we know that there's healing in your love. And so I pray today for every single one of us for a fresh revelation, a fresh touch, a fresh impartation of the love of the Father. I pray that each one of us would hear in a fresh way the voice of our Father saying over us, you are my beloved son, you are my beloved daughter. I love you. You bring me great joy. And God, even this month, as we push deeper into love, which is going deeper into healing, I pray for a deep and fresh and abiding revelation of Father God, who loved us so much that he sent his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but will have ever lasting life. I want you to just take a moment right now in your own words and just say, Father, show me your love. Pour out your love. In Jesus' name. So what we're going to do is we're going to just Kind of as our practice season. We're going to set this aside as a place of prayer. If you would like to just sit before the Lord for a few moments, Mike's just going to flow a bit in the keys. We may get worship back. If you want to come forward, we'll have some leaders ready to pray. Uh, if you need to go today, though, you are free to go because the love of God is not contained within these four walls. And if your prayer is, God, God is going to meet you. If you ask, you receive. If you seek, you find. If you knock, the door will be open. And don't give up if you don't see it right away because it just means God's taking you on a journey. But Father, we love you and we thank you for deep revelations of your love in Jesus' name. And everyone agreed with me, said, amen. So, I find these moments kind of awkward sometimes. Okay, do we do a hard close? What do we do? So you just want to stay and sit. You can sit. If you need to go, though, again, please don't feel unspiritual. Some people are like, I don't know. Is there one, like, Pastor Brent's going to be looking at me like, why are you leaving right now? Just go. It's time to go home. You got to go home. Go home. We're good. God loves you. You don't have to earn it. So, if, again, if you need some prayer, altars are open. Uh, we do ask moms and dads if you can go get your kids from kids' ministry. Just, and you can bring them back in if you want to bring them back in. But we love you. And more importantly, God loves you. Thank you, Lord.